soul and every person that's in here. And just, man, believers fellowship. I, I, man, I truly love y'all so much. You know, just y'all so encouraging. Man, I just love y'all from the moon to back. <laughs> we love you too from the moon to back. <laughs> All right, so you can open your Bibles to Mark chapter 12. So, it would be verses 28 through 34, but mainly I'm just going to read the key verse, which is verse 34. But before I read the verse, I just want to just give a little context of what's going on. So, it was a, teacher's, uh, a teacher of the religious law. He heard how well Jesus answered the other religious leaders about the resurrection. So, he tested Jesus, and like I said, he liked his answer, and he asked him, what is the most important command? Mm -hmm. So, of course, Jesus, in verse 29, replied, the most important command is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Not only, not, no other commandment is greater than these. So then, of course, this religious leader, he said, well said, teacher, affirmly. And he also agreed, saying that he knows that it, that it is the important command, and also that it's more important than burnt offerings and sacrifices. And just getting the verse 34, the key verse. Jesus realizing how much this man understood, how wisely he answered. Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And then after that, no one dared to ask him any questions. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean that you are not far from the kingdom of God? What Jesus was telling him is that he's outside the kingdom of God. So this religious leader, of course, was an expert of God's law. Probably know, you know, most likely knew scripture more than all of us that's in here. But of course, he was still outside the kingdom of God. So why? Because he had the right doctrine, but but it wasn't reality to him. So he wasn't living it out. So Jesus, if he was living it out, Jesus would have told him, "Welcome into the kingdom of God," but he didn't. So as Paul was telling the church of Corinth, is that for the kingdom of God is not a lot of talk but it's living by God's power. So it's not just talking the talk, but walking the walk. So a great, a great uh, quote that a theologian said is that the goal of scripture is not merely information, but transformation. So the goal of scripture is not merely information, but transformation. So changing the human and his thinking. So when it's just merely just information, it causes a person to be an airhead. I don't know if y'all seen the airhead commercial in the head, Vicky, in the body. <laughs> so like what Paul says is that knowledge puffs up. And then every time I, I just think of that, it just makes me go right back to the garden. And it, it just with pride. And that's when man died to God. So this religious leader, he was deceived into thinking that he was loving God and loving thy neighbor. So most likely all religious leaders, they taught about God, but didn't love God. Wasn't even in the kingdom of God, and of course didn't even let people into the kingdom of God. 
by the things that they was doing, overburdening people, condemning people, uh, just motivated, motivated by attention, and then, of course, bribing people out of property. So, therefore, they wasn't loving their neighbor. So, also, these religious leaders, and uh, most of them was thinking that they were safe, that they was children of Abraham, but in reality, they were still standing in Adam. So, there's so many people like this around the world Thinking just because, thinking that they safe just because they have knowledge, but no Christian character, that they that they are truly following Christ, can quote so many scriptures, but lost in reality, going around in circles how dogs be chasing their tail. <laughs> so not only that, but his heart was far away from God. So he had an unrepentant heart. He haven't received God's grace. So Isaiah prophesied that. In Isaiah 29, 13, that these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. So, of course, this religious leader and all the rest of them in this time. So they was looking righteous outwardly, this, this religious leader, but filled inside just was a hypocrite and full of lawlessness. And we talked about what lawlessness means. Lawbreaker. So breaking the most important command that he was asking our Lord. So what we can apply today that our worship don't mean nothing to God if the heart not engaged. So that's why in Matthew 5, 2, in Matthew 5, 8, he said, Blessed are those whose heart are pure, for they see God. Not a divided heart, but a solid heart with faith and love and true fellowship with God, close fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. So apparently this religious leader and all the rest of them didn't want fellowship or just a relationship with Jesus Christ. So therefore they couldn't see, he couldn't even see God. So he missed the kingdom of God. So he was not born again. And we all know, even in John 3, that when the Pharisee Nicodemus came and asked Jesus, what can I do to inherit the kingdom of God? How do we get in? And he told him that you have to be born of the water and the spirit. If you're not born today, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And we also learned that John the Baptist, of course, was a witness to support Christ's testimony. And also he showed all the religious leaders the way to live, still no repentance. So Jesus even mentioned to the Jewish leaders at one point of period of time in John, you search the scriptures thinking to give eternal life, but it points to me. You refuse to come to me to receive eternal life. So Jesus was telling them, you are missing me. You are missing reality. So the text is not specific about if this religious leader repented afterwards or later. But, of course, uh, Jesus shut everything down. Nobody dared to ask any questions. So it pricked the conscience. But what we do know is that everyone in here that's claiming to be a believer, if our righteousness does not exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. And it says that in Matthew 5.20. So let us, not be, let us not be like this believer's fellowship and visitors. Being around reality, but not in reality. So we must remember also, too, as Chris always informed us, Believer's Fellowship, is that these religious leaders were people that had Bibles under their arms, professing to know Christ in the synagogue. Those, those, those were those type of people. So let's not be Bible-quoting, Bible-toting Christians and not living in reality. Instead, let us grow in the knowledge, in knowledge of Jesus Christ. Knowledge is still important, but also in grace. In spirit, that means spiritual maturity. Because to, to whom much is given, much is what? Expected. Required. 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 Mm -hmm. 
So let's look down at our feet every day to check our feet, no matter how many good things people say about us individually. Let's not be stuck in that mindset like we are just so safe. As we see straight right here from Scripture, and even when we witness to many people that's non-believers, they have that mindset of that they're safe. Let's not have that mindset because that's the mindset of people that's outside the kingdom of God. And they'll even take, they'll even take you are not too far from the kingdom of God as a safe place. Man, no. People like this religious leader, we consider stuck on the fence, stuck in life and stuck in sin. So let us continue seeking the kingdom of God and seeking righteousness. Because Christ did not die for this. Christ did not die for this. He didn't die for us just to have knowledge. So, of course, the kingdom of God has came to the world, of course, to establish his kingdom, to gather his lost sheep, fulfilling the law that none of us can keep, no, no one can keep, not calling those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and who see themselves, who see that Christ is the only hope. And Christ redeeming his people by taking the wrath of God on the cross for all our sins, we killed Christ. And restoring us back to goodness, but not only goodness, but humility. <clears throat> so we cannot trust in our own righteousness to fulfill the greatest command like this religious leader was doing. That's why Jesus' death and his resurrection is so important. Because this religious leader, if he felt like he felt like he had hope, if he knew that he wasn't fit for the kingdom of God, he'll see that he wouldn't have no hope. He, he would have leaned on Christ. So it's only in Jesus Christ that our righteousness can exceed the righteousness of this religious leader. So let's turn to Luke chapter 8. chapter 8 verse starting at verse 4 is just a parable of the farmer of scattering the seeds when Jesus was speaking. We're going to read all the way to uh, we're going to read all the way of course to verse 15 starting at verse 4. One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on the footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow and the plant soon wilt and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up, that fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on the fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as has been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So he basically saying, listen up, this is important. Verse 9, his disciples asked him what this, par what this parable meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. But I use parables to teach others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled, so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. 
When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and preventing them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they have fallen away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and the riches and the pleasures of this life. So they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a harvest. So with this scripture that what Jesus was saying was painting, painting four different conditions of the heart. So which heart is yours? Is it just that when Chris up here, Chris is just speaking and then you're receiving it with joy and then of course you walk out the door and just go on with your life? Or even when it's me up here, it's just young Timothy, he's just preaching and getting his practice in. So where are the seeds falling? Where are they falling? Because we don't want to be like this either. Let's go to Hebrews 6. So we're going to read, I'm going to read verses 1, 1 through 12, but a little bit of just the context of what this writer, this writer, this writer is warning, warning readers against experiencing so much, but falling short of God's salvation. So it says, let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely, we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds. And placing our faith in God, you don't need further instruction about baptism, the laying on the hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. For it is impossible to bring back to repentance those who once those who once enlightened those who have experienced the good things of heaven and shared in the Holy Spirit who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the power of age to come and who then turn away from God it is impossible to bring such people back to repentance by rejecting the son of God they themselves are nailing him to the cross once again and holding him up to public shame when the ground soaks up the fallen rain and bears a good crop for the farmer, it has God's blessing. But if a field bears thorns and thistles, it is useless. The farmer will soon condemn that field and burn it. So I just want to just stop right there. So, of course, he's talking to those who are professing <coughs> faith in Christ. And then, of course, among, we know in the faith, it is people who's truly following Christ and it's people that's not following Christ. So, for example, with Israel, we all know that in Israel, 
like it was people who was truly following God and it was people who wasn't. So the people who was following God was really the true Israel. But as we see right here, is that if it if it's producing goodness, it's blessed. If it's producing bad, it's cursed. It's useless. So every time I read this, all I can just think about is Jesus saying burning. Every time I read this, I'm just I just picture Jesus saying burning. It's useless. But let's just continue to read on. Let this be encouragement. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things, things that come with salvation. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers, as you still do. Our great desire is that you would keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. So we must persevere. Persevere to the end. So one thing that I just realized which drives me crazy just as far as like with Christianity in America, it's like they missed this point. That the kingdom of God is not about being a high achiever. It's about being a repenter. That's directly what it's about. So just let this all be encouragement to everyone here. And it's even piercing my own heart. But I, I have some application questions that which you can write down and just ask yourself. So the first question is, are you seeking truth or are you seeking knowledge? Because the religious leader, as it said, like, like as he said in verse 32, well said, teacher. So is he a savior to you as well, not just a teacher? Are you learning God's word to debate or what God has to say to mankind? So do you come to the preaching of God's word to submit and to learn from him and humbly serve him? And this is the last question. So what reminders have you had lately to remind you that you have not arrived spiritually? to debate or what God has to say to mankind. And the third one again. And the third one is, do you come to the preaching of God's word to submit, to learn from him and humbly serve him?
Dear Lord God, Father, I just want to just thank you. Thank you for your, your holy word, Lord God. It's so piercing. It's so encouraging. So convicting, Lord God. And just, just thank you, Lord God, for your word. Just thank you for being who you are, Lord God. I just pray, Lord God, just for, uh, just for all of us, Lord God, that you just uh, make it reality to us. Make your word reality to us, Lord God. Not just, just mere information, Lord God. And Father, just, man, just thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and his death on the cross for our sins. So, Father, I just, uh, just pray that you allow today's message, of course, to encourage us all, encourage us all and to lift all of us up to holiness, Lord God, amen. all for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.